myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is Lindsay Danielle Luther. Lindsay is a photographer and a counselor who specializes in therapy, um, leaning towards sex therapy. In fact, she has just started a sex therapy practice that you can follow on Instagram at Sex Therapy with Lindsay. In this episode, me and Lindsay talk about therapy, her decision to pursue sex therapy, and we talk about her fear of sinkholes. That's right, sinkholes. Nothing to do with therapy or helping people, which is her passion, but sinkholes is in, in the ground. It's a very interesting fear, and let's get into it with Lindsay right now. We're here with my friend and counselor, Lu- Lindsay Luther. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad to have you on. You just apparently got a new, I guess, new gig with uh, counseling as well. I did. Yeah, I'm going to be having some more clients soon, which is which is good. I mean, especially uh, with the pandemic going on, it's, you know, no one's really doing a lot of in-person counseling right now. So any chance I can get to help people virtually is always a plus. Yeah. So how did you get into counseling? What what kind of drove you into becoming a counselor? Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a good question. I like wanted to get into addictions initially. So I just have family members, friends that have had problems with addiction. So I thought I wanted to do like addictions counseling and um, UNT has their, their rehab counseling program. So I went into it with that in mind, just personal history thinking that's what I want to do. Um, and then the more I got into the program, the more I learned the tons of different kinds of counseling you can do. Um, and it really just kind of took off from there. It was like, I didn't really know much. And then going into school, it really opens it up to all the things you can do in counseling. Yeah. I I asked because I have a friend that's a counselor as well. And she got into it because one of her loved ones was diagnosed with terminal cancer and she went to a grief counselor and through that grief counselor, she kind of discovered that that's what she wanted to do is to be that shoulder to cry on. But when she got, again, when she got to counseling, you said, you're like, oh, we could do this kind of counseling or there's this. And psychology, to me, was probably the second most fascinating subject I took in college. The little bit I went, because there's just so many different little things. Yeah, there's so much to know. I mean, it does. I just feel like every day that goes on, there's something else that I don't know, something else I'm learning. I mean, there's just, you know, and we meet therapists and counselors all the time. And I meet professionals that just amaze me just the work they do. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it's amazing what they're doing. So yeah, a lot going on there for sure. And as I understand, you're also starting to, I guess, branch into sex therapy as well. Yes, I, I am, um, branching into sex therapy, practicing that getting some more education just specifically to sex therapy. And, I'm hoping that that will be my specialization. Um, the more education and experience I get with that, 
And that's something I never thought I would do. And I didn't even know sex therapy was an option until I became a therapist. So I'm pretty excited to be learning about that. What's what kind of hooked you onto that one? Like when you've kind of delved into it? You know, I, I have personally just a history of some sexual trauma. So I think trauma is really what got me into it. I think when you've been traumatized, if you've been sexually assaulted, it's really hard to just have sex again, have it be fun after, after a bad experience. But I think it's possible. And I think everyone deserves to have help with that. And then from looking at it from a trauma perspective, that's when I really started to learn that lots of people have issues with sex, trauma or not. And so there's so many areas just within sex that you can help someone with. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I never, some of that I didn't even think of is that, you know, when things like that, when bad things happen, that doesn't just take, you know, it's not just that moment. There are other moments now that become, that should be a happy moment that may not be because of said trauma back when. Yeah. Cause you know, sex is supposed to be intimate and fun. It's supposed to be with someone that, I'm not saying you have to be like in love with everyone you have sex with, but you should trust them enough to be intimate with them. And after you've been traumatized, you might move on to someone that you do trust, but you can't separate the trauma from the person you're with. And it just, it really can cause a lot of complications. I can imagine. I struggle with it myself. And it's not just like from a trauma standpoint, it's from a, well, it might be trauma. I just wasn't very desired by women so that I don't know if that that can't I guess that counts as trauma we'll, we'll say it's trauma that was traumatic for me <laughs> traumatic for me hearing all those no's but it's one of those things that when you do have find someone that does want to be intimate with you after so much rejection there's this fear I have of not being experienced enough or being um, as amazing in bed as I possibly could be yeah well, you know, fear is definitely a part of it. A fear of rejection is a big one. And I think we have society to kind of blame for that because when we look at the media and the movies and, you know, pictures of famous people, you know, sex is supposed to be just explosive all the time in between like these two hot people. And it's supposed to be all the things that are just kind of unrealistic a majority of the time. So then when you're in a real world setting, the fear gets in because you compare it to like what you could be or am I going to be good enough? And mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a, a large hurdle for a lot of people to get over. And sometimes you're, you're just too tipsy to do some of the, those scenes. Like you try to, and you fall off the bed trying to be, <laughs> trying to be sexy and you just lose your balance because you're not that coordinated to begin with. Right. And then the moment's kind of lost and it's like, uh, I understand that completely. And I, I, I feel like sometimes, too, the moment's lost not because of that. Like, if you would have just accepted it and laughed together, I think you could then move on and go back. But I think yeah. a lot of people get defensive or embarrassed, and then that puts guards up, and that's where... Because like you said, it's a, and it's, it's a trust thing. So if you trust them, you can you can have little moments of awkwardness or sometimes hilarity that is the only way Mm -hmm. to describe it and it still be passionate because the trust is there that yes we are together you know even though that just happened yeah and laughter helps to build trust you know if you're with someone that you can laugh around 
there's a level of trust there. So if you can laugh during sex or the awkward moments during like the mishaps, you know, whatever might happen, if you can laugh it off and have fun with that, that makes the whole experience even better versus, you know, locking up and be and just saying, never mind, I messed up, yeah. you know? Or just being yeah. ashamed and just, you know, not wanting to talk about it. And then that's when it just, okay, never mind. And yeah, exactly. See, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> it really is. Even for erectile dysfunction. As long as you can trust them enough to laugh about it, things will go back. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. That's, how, that's what I tell all my clients. Just laugh a little bit and you'll be fine. <laughs> well, it, and it, it's got to be really empowering to both of them to come to you because it shows that they're on, at least on the page of, you know, we want to make this work. We want, you know, so even just them agreeing, I feel like is a, is like a super positive step. Yeah, no, it's a really positive step. And if you see a couple and they are having issues, whether it's just with their relationship or, or whether it is with like their sexual intimacy, that is a step that shows that they want to make it work. And nothing is taboo as you think, you know, I mean, you brought up erectile dysfunction. I would imagine as a man, that's probably really hard to experience and a lot of men feel like it's very easy to feel like you're alone in that like there's something wrong with you you don't really know how to react to that and the reality is you know it happens to a lot of men and there's ways to overcome that there's ways to make sex still enjoyable you know it could be a, a variety of reasons why that's happening and so it is pretty fun when you get to talk to people because I think you get to ease their mind a little bit that this isn't as uncommon as maybe they feel it is yeah I, I agree. Uh, I've I've done haven't done much therapy as an adult as a kid. I did did do some for my I guess when my mom went through divorces, she put me in some counseling for each of those. But I would say, you know, there's one of those things of it's just it's helpful to know that you're not alone, I think is the biggest I guess like you said with therapy, the biggest one of the biggest positives is it shows you're not alone in this that that maybe it's not the exact same struggle as what you're going through. Like it may not be specifically, it could be, but if, if it's not, we're close, you know, there's someone that's, that's close in having that. And my friend that what, that, that is a counselor now was kind of the one that first kind of changed me for that. Cause she would tell me, you know, you're not the only, you know, a lot of people are angry about the such and such or feel that way. You're not special. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, touche. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice reminder. And I get feeling alone because if it's just you experiencing that in the moment and it feels like you can't talk to anybody, it's natural to feel like you're the only person in the world who's going through that. So it, you can definitely get some comfort from wherever you are. Yeah, I definitely i've definitely felt a lot uncomfortable a lot and that comes from a lifetime of being bullied and so i always there's always the self-conscious fear of sometimes if they're laughing they're laughing at me and then i had to realize that i was being defensive because i was taking a laughter or a, a playful poke of fun as you know them making fun of me and they're not mm -hmm. they're not bullying you you just you it's just you think you're just think you're special enough to be bullied all the time just because it happened just because it happened in fourth grade. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. I think sometimes we feel that once we become adults and we move on and we kind of separate from our youth, 
that will get over all that stuff, but it's actually really hard to get over. I still have, you know, insecurities too for me younger and it could be something that happened 20 years ago. And just one conversation can spark up that insecurity. And I'm like, man, where did that come from? You know, and it's usually from something that was really hard to handle when you were younger. Wow. I I do need to kind of maybe look more into my feelings when that happens to kind of just backtrack and try to say, okay, when, what made me feel, when did I feel like that before? Because I've obviously felt that before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Can be hard to do. And so, speaking of fear, that's what my podcast is about, <laughs> people's fears. And you have a very unique fear, probably one of the more unique. I've had some with balloons and cotton balls, so. <laughs> but go ahead and tell the listeners what your fear is. My fear is sinkholes. It is my gr- <laughs> I like how you got close to the monitor, like you were just telling a secret, like they can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, if I get if I if I get closer, they'll hear me better. Yeah, sinkholes, my greatest fear, terrified. You picked the wrong state. Let's start off by that. You're in te- the state of Texas is the second most as far as sinkholes in, uh, or at least people that can ha- that that occurs. Florida is number one, and that's because they're pretty much surrounded by water on every every side. You would think, I guess, because Louisiana, the South, if you go ever go like almost to the coast of Louisiana, like it is pretty much it is marsh, and so I guess there's not sinkholes per se because it's just the whole thing is just going away. Mm. But yeah, and that may be just because Texas is just a ginormous state and on the coast. But yeah, Texas is number two as far as sinkholes. Yeah. See, I did, I never knew that. I never knew Texas was number two. I think maybe I've been too afraid to look. I knew Florida was bad, but I never thought to look, you know, where Texas fell on that list. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that doesn't make me feel too great <laughs> to know that. Now, when did this fear start for you? I, so I had seen on the news and, and I don't remember what year this was. I want to say it was maybe six or seven years ago, if not longer. Um, but I saw on the news, it was a guy in Florida and his house was just sucked in by a sinkhole. Like he died. He was just asleep and sinkhole was underneath his house and it fell in and they never found his body, but he's gone. And so I saw that on the news and that was the first time I had ever even heard of a sinkhole. I did not even know a sinkhole was a thing until then. And I just keep thinking my house could just fall in underneath me. (laughs) And that's such a scary thought. It's so unexpected. Well, I I will put your mind at ease. There are very few sinkholes that are sudden like that. Most it's a gradual effect. Most, most sinkholes are what you would see as ponds or sinkholes. Maybe some lakes, small lakes are sinkholes. It's because a lot of times it's just the it's just erosion basically under the surface the the bedrock that this is kind of built on is a uh, water soluble so it's like either salt gypsum and i think limestone is the other one and so when water doesn't go anywhere it just seeps down and as it seeps down it just slowly cuts into the stone until it form it's almost like a cavity and it just gets bigger and bigger the more water just seeps in there 
And so you don't know it's happening unless you can see where the other side of it ends because it just goes out, it just flushes out the other side. Wherever the water's flowing, that's where it's going to go. And so a lot of times it's in the middle, it just gradually gets bigger and bigger. It's like a pothole and then it gets larger. And then it's just, a, you know, it's just a large pit. In certain situations, probably like that old man had, there's a second type where it flows in the middle of the stone. And so your stone stands mm-hmm. as one solid stone, but in the middle, then it starts to slowly split. And so now he's on like a tunnel. And as that tunnel gets bigger and bigger, all of a sudden, then the top collapses. And that's when you have the sinkhole. Somebody had that on, like, I believe it was on a home thing I saw where their house, their driveway was a sinkhole. And, like, it was like a 20-foot drop-off. And it was like, it, it was, a, it was like a sh- TV show on, on BBC. It was like, re- you know, terrible houses or something. It was something about they bought this house and how much of a nightmare. I think it's like Nightmare Homes. And that's what it was. It's, oh, my is that their driveway just slowly is like a 20-foot pit, and it just is slowly getting towards their house. Oh, my God. So, okay, so with that house, like with the driveway, mm-hmm. was it a slow build? Like, they did they, like, notice a hole, and then it just got bigger? Well, it was or- a small hole. They noticed a small hole in the driveway, and they're like, we need to patch that. But then I think they stepped around it, and it got bigger. And then it got to the point where you could, where it's like looking down on a cave. Oh my gosh. And see, that's, that is the definition of a nightmare home to me. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to sleep there. Just thinking that, you know, at one point it could either one come to the house or take your house away from you. Cause I don't know if there's, that would count as probably an act of God as far as insurance goes. So I don't know if that would be something that the insurance company would even pay for to repair, let alone. <sighs> and so I, that was one of them. It was just, it was really crazy to see. Like, it was like, wow, what a nightmare. And I, yeah. And I wonder, I've always wondered, you know, I guess just with any house, I mean, is that part? And again, this may be a really stupid question. I, I've never bought a house, but I mean, is that part of the overall foundation check? I mean, can they check to see if your house is on eroding? You know, limestone or... They can check the foundation to see if there's potential water, like there's standing water. Like if there's a, if there's plant life and say that plant life's Mm -hmm. wilting, even though there's like water right there, like it looks like it's dying, then that means there's poor water drainage. And so your water's staying there and it's drowning Mm -hmm. your plants, even though it's it's not super wet, it's not super dry, but your plants are still dying. It means that water's not moving and so you definitely want to you they have uh i'll send you the foundation website of things that they can they check for and i believe when you buy a house you you always have a foundation person check it because i think that's part of the home inspection is just to get a foundation guy Mm -hmm. out there to say hey what am i looking at what are some of the what you could see as potential problems and if you see like cracks in the foundation or if you do own a house and say, you know, you look around your house and say there's like five or six inches of foundation showing out of the grass, and then you look another day and there's like two or, you know, or eight, you know, you can see a noticeable difference like that didn't look the same. Uh-huh. 
then that may be where you have some sort of erosion effect or something that may be potentially a sinkhole or just your foundation shifting. Okay. Gotcha. Either way, terrifying <laughs> to me. I mean, like, like I said, I've never bought a house, but I know that will be one of the top questions I have because I would hate to buy a house where they, there's even like, if they came back and said like, you know, you're at a risk of this. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> Find something else. You're at a risk for everything buying a home, I think. I think so too. It's such a, such a scary, it's just, it's such a commitment, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not even just, I mean, I'm terrified of, of a sinkhole and especially dying from a sinkhole, you know, just falling it, falling into one. But even if you had one like in your driveway, um, how much is that going to cost? You know, it's such a huge commitment just for that to be your property. Yeah. They say you should have, I believe, half of what you pay down as a, I guess, danger fee. Like you should, you should be able, if you put 20,000 down, you should also have 10,000 set aside for repairs and stuff like that. Like I believe it's some percentage of your down payment that you should have in hand so that if something were to happen, you're able to get it repaired, which makes, mm, which okay. rules me out for any home because <laughs> I can't afford the down payment, let alone that whatever percentage it is of a down payment. I can't either. I hear, I just hear 20,000 for a down payment and I'm like, it'll be years before I buy a house. Yeah, it's, they say <laughs> that you should try to put down like 20% of the home price. Well, and the, and the way houses are going right now, I mean, I don't know if you've looked up any, sometimes I'll look at houses just for fun. Like I wonder what's available. It's really hard to get an affordable house anywhere in Dallas. You know, anything under two or 250 is almost questionable. So. 20% of that is huge. Yeah. I look at two to three bedrooms and that's as far as I go. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need more than that. And yeah. So what, what kind of houses do you, what, what housing areas do you look at? Do you like go for Northern Dallas or are you like trying to stay mid cities? Uh, well, I live in Grapevine right now and I really like Grapevine and we don't need a big house either. Like a three bed mm -hmm. or yeah, three bed, two baths would be fine. But houses in Grapevine right now, there's some being built. Um, we're like really close to downtown Grapevine. Um, some are being built. They're $500,000. Yep. And we're like, well, never mind. Um, well, <laughs> we'll stay that. in our apartment. Yeah, we'll stay in our apartment. We're good. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that bugs me about houses. Is I don't I'm not building any equity by living here right yeah no not at all my, that's a bummer my dad wants me to buy a house and he was like we have you know i was th you know thinking of maybe something like 80 90 thousand it's like that doesn't exist here or if it does exist <gasps> it's in the it's in the part of dallas where they by on average have a one murder per day and it's usually a, and not even not even just the neighborhood but if you buy a house that cheap i feel like there's going to be so many issues with the house yeah you know it's probably a hundred years old, so many issues. It's not even. It's just a money pit, yeah. and it's in a bad neighborhood. It's not worth classic it. movie, by the way. <laughs> so how do you, like, how do you handle your fear of sinkholes? So like, if you see like a hole in the ground, do you get skittish at that point? Does that set off alarm bells that I'm going to be sucked in if I step anywhere near this? Yes. 
It does. And I won't even get near it. I won't. I'll go, I'll go way around it because I do have this fear that like, if there's a hole in the ground and I step even close to it, my step is going to make the hole even bigger. And then if I step again, it's going to be, I just, it's just, I don't know how rational that is, but I will purposefully go so far away from it to not risk making it worse and to keep myself safe. Uh, that's an interesting fitness goal. I just don't want to make a se- I want to be able to step around a hole with confidence and know that it's not that I'm not going to be the one that goes down that it can support <laughs> just Oh my god, I know. Well, I know I'm just like I'm not signing up for that exposure therapy, right? I'm like I I'll, I'll live with my anxiety over this. I don't want to get too close <laughs> to any holes. What about the Grand Canyon, the world's largest sinkhole? Would you go look at that? Would you go on the glass bridge? I've done it before. And this was before I knew what sinkholes were. Mm-hmm. I know what the Grand Canyon is, but I guess I wasn't, I guess I was a lot younger than I just wasn't. I was just thinking it's the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful. You know, you don't think a huge hole like that would happen anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. But now that I know what sinkholes are, it's crazy. But yes, I have done the little glass thing at, the Grand Canyon. I don't know. I have never been to the Grand Canyon, so I've never experienced it. But I'm like, I don't know if I want it to be glass. Like, I just feel like it's, if you just let me peer over and just or have a nice railing or something like just be caged in rather than glass, because it's like glass is too it's too visual for me. That's too. It's yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty scary. Speaking of glass, have you done, like, have you ever been to um, the Sears Tower, or I guess the Willis Tower in Chicago, where, like, they do the glass, like, the little sky, I forgot what they call it. Have you ever done that before? It's the same thing. It's, you go, it's, like, you go all the way up, and you walk out onto the glass, so you can see, like, the whole city Mm -hmm. beneath you, but it is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. Me and Andrew went once. And he was like, I'm stepping like an inch onto the glass for the photo. And then like, I'm done. (laughs) He was like, I'm not going all the way out. I'm going to dive back in as soon as I hear the click. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. He was like, the picture's done. Okay, we're done. (laughs) It's scary to just be able to, because you just don't know. It's just, yeah, creepy. So what do you do when you do see a sinkhole? How do you just, do you just kind of push it aside? Do you just like, you know what? I'm just, you just avoid I just avoid it. I just avoid it at all costs. I like, I don't want to hear about a sinkhole. And I have a friend of mine who like, he'll be a real asshole and just like send me sinkholes, like just for like, just for shits and giggles. Like, Hey, check this out. And then I click on the link and it's just like this big fucking hole. And I'm like, don't send me that. He sent me one one time and it was, um, this is the craziest shit ever. It was just, it was like, can't like video of a highway or I don't know if it was a highway or just a road, whatever. But there's these cars driving on this road mm-hmm. and this truck drives, like drives by the camera. Mm-hmm. And as he's leaving that spot, this big hole opens up. Like as soon as he's driving off and then a car comes right after him and just goes in the hole. Like it wasn't that deep of a hole. Like she didn't die or anything. It was like, she just went, you know, cut like a few feet in and her car was stuck. But that was the last one that he sent me. And it was like, sinkhole on the highway i was like why would you send this to me (laughs) i don't want to see this so let me let me paint you a scenario so so we're past the pandemic 
We're doing in-person mm-hmm. counseling. So you're going to do an in-home session with a couple. They've invited you to their mm-hmm. home to do a session. You walk to their house, and between you and their house is a sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's the ultimate dilemma, because me professionally, I can't just bow out of the session. But me personally, <laughs> I would, I, that would terrify me. That's, you know, I probably would. How, well, how far, how close is the sinkhole to their house? It's their front yard. So it's like the ground is lava kind of situation where their front yard is a sinkhole. Nope. I wouldn't do it. I would not. I would. I mean, I know that probably makes me look like a really bad therapist, but I would just have to get back in my car and call them and I'd say, hey, I, I just Fix I have an issue with sinkholes. I've seen, <laughs> I would be honest. I would tell them I have an issue with sinkholes. Like, hey, what you're going to therapy for, I go to therapy for my anxiety, which sinkholes is a part of that. So I can't, you know, I, I can't do that. We're going to have to find somewhere else <laughs> to do these sessions. So I would be honest, but I would, I would go in there. <laughs> Fix it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on you. <laughs> the, and so, does your 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 boy? You mentioned your boyfriend at Chicago. Does your boyfriend know your fear of sinkholes? Yes. Yeah. He he knows, and he's very you know he's very comforting because sometimes we'll just be laying down or we'll just be somewhere, and I'll just randomly think like, what if this is the moment where a sinkhole just appears underneath us? I will. I'll tell him. I'm like, I just have a feeling. Do you sleep on top of him so that if that there is a sinkhole, you just fall on him and so you're cushioned the fall? I'll, I'll be really close to him. And I'm like, you're close enough for me to catch on. You know, <laughs> he has to be my shield if that happens. But no, he's usually he's he's really comforting. He'll and he'll always just say, that's not going to happen. Well, we'll be fine. There'll be no hole. And yeah. Just be like, I love you, but you're going to, you're falling first. I, I, <laughs> that's basically it. Like you're here to protect me, right? I love you so much, but I really need you to do this for me. Your, your love language is to fall into the sinkhole for me. And he's just like, okay. Does sure. he, does he like step on places where you think it's a potential sinkhole? Do you send him out there to, to step around the hole? Um, there is one at our apartment that I think I've had him get near and it's not even, I mean, I wouldn't even, cause there's like, there's like the grass in our apartment and there's like a little, I wouldn't even call it a hole. It's just more of like an indent mm-hmm. in the like grass. And I've had him check that out before. I'm like, can you go, like, can you see if that's like deep or <laughs> like how big it is? And like he will, and he'll just come back and he's like, it's just like a regular, it's just like an indent in the grass, you know? <laughs> he's so calm and rational about, about it. And I'm totally not. Well, that's good. Does your, <laughs> do you, does your family know? Like, um, I don't think my family knows. And not that I've like purposefully not told yeah. them. I think I just have it, haven't ever brought it up to, but just sit them down like mom dad i need to tell you something <laughs> i i have something to tell you it's really serious <laughs> your parents would be so furious because they would be thinking it's grandparents like they would they would so think it's like because you were you were in a relationship now like all of a sudden when, when two when a couple sets of parents down it's only one thing and and then you just say yeah. i'm afraid of sinkholes what yeah, my mom would especially be upset. She would especially be upset. Like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> my dad might find it funny, but yeah. Now, if you put baby clothes on the sinkhole, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that would be like the photo. Fo- like, you'd have to like post the photos of like 
It's just like a pair of like baby shoes in the background. Like that would be mine, but it would just be like, here's my um, sinkhole anxiety announcement. <laughs> here's my sinkhole baby shoes. We'll, we'll have a sinkhole reveal party. (laughs) 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 Exactly. That would be great. So when you do shop for houses, do you ask them like, is this a sinkhole like neighborhood? Like you're not even worried about the crime rate. Like what's the sinkhole rate in this area? You know, I don't know if I've asked like specifically about sinkholes, but I do. I am always really curious about the foundation and I am always looking on the walls, like, are there any cracks? Like, mm-hmm. does the floor seem like it's uneven? Like, I will check stuff like that oh. out, even if I'm just looking at the house. Because mm-hmm. if I feel funny about it or something looks weird, it creeps me out. If this door, do- if all these doors don't open and close properly. Yes. Yes, seriously. If one even sticks, I'm like, something ain't right with the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of homes though i i know we had a house in Eulis and we were on new construction and so that's the worry about new construction is it's good now because we've you know we settled everything but you don't know what time's gonna do to this area especially after we yeah. bulldozed it and so there's always there was like a huge like water rushing water in our backyard so my mom was gonna make a rock garden yeah uh i guess that's true i mean People get excited about new developments, but you really don't know what's going to happen after it's not new anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of a, I guess, positive and negative to that as well. So, Lindsay, I thank you for sharing your fear of sinkholes with us. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Sex Therapy with Lindsay. That's awesome. And I hope everything you get all that you get all this counseling we get back on track and you're able to do in person unless you really enjoy virtual um i you know i really don't i mean virtual is fine like i think the world we're in now i think virtual and telehealth is always going to be i think it'll never go away now i think it's going to be a really popular option but I do enjoy in-person sessions more Mm -hmm. um especially if it's a really emotional session it's a little hard to emotionally open up if you're just at home by yourself, technically. So I'm looking forward to more of like in-person interactions for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine if they're crying like, they're there, they're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's usually what I say. And then and then I go, okay, time's up. Um, I got to go. Oh, wait, sorry. Log I had off. you on mute. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> just say that out of nowhere. Just be after they've been sobbing for like... Sorry, I had you on mute. Where were we? (laughs) Technology's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. It was a good time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lindsay. All right. Bye. So that was Lindsay. I find it interesting that sometimes how you can learn about something and it just affects you so much that it causes you to possibly lose sleep at night. Sinkholes are a scary thought. Like, you just don't realize erosion and how the land underneath your house works. And that sometimes you could just be pulled in to a sinkhole. It's a very rare occurrence, but still. It's terrifying to know that in an instant you could just disappear. 
and no one could possibly find you because of how sinkholes travel underground. So you could be lost forever. I thank Lindsay for sharing that. If you want to check out her her therapy, it's at Sex Therapy with Lindsay on Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes. If you're some news from me, um, this weekend I worked at Backdoor, and this week I was booked for my first headlining show at Hyenas in Dallas off of Mockingbird Station. I'm really excited. I'm a little nervous. Because headlining's a big deal. It's not just doing 45 minutes. It's being comfortable with being the guy. Because everything leads up to your to your moment, to your 45 minutes in comedy here. So you have an opener that kind of starts the show and gets the crowd to pay attention. You got a feature that kind of gets them warmed up and ready to go. And then it's you, the headliner, who's, you know, meant to take the baton from the feature and raise it to its highest point and then get to a point where everybody wants to leave. It'll be a very interesting night. It'll be February 4th. I'll post the uh, event in the show notes if you want to get reserved seats for that show. I'm really excited. I'll also be working with Eric Myers at the end of February. I've started to record new episodes. I have a guest I'm recording this Tuesday. It's going to be a very fun time. I'm excited for that. I'm going to have some more recordings as we go. I have some new episodes that I've edited and they're ready to go. And so life is going pretty well. Um, Weather's not as cold. And so now, just kind of watching football games and saying goodbye to football and hello to basketball and all the other sports that come with spring and summer. I thank you guys for listening. Remember to leave a review on Apple or Google or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions, send me an email. But again, thanks for listening. And now some credits and thank yous for the people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does my graphics and design for my comedy as well as my podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite20. Get it, Whitewater. Also, a big thank you to Gunnar Olsen for my music. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S. You can also check out his website at gunnarolson.net, and you can check out his awesome EPs and some music he's got coming out. Real excited for him. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio on all social media. That's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. If you want to follow the show, I highly recommend it. Instagram and Twitter is at Some Fear Fans. Facebook group is Some of All Fears. If you want to, if you have questions for the show or feedback, email me at SomeFearFans at Gmail. If you want to be a guest on the show, also email me at SomeFearFans at Gmail.com. We can make that happen. Please keep leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. I, appreciate, I just appreciate seeing that people like what I'm putting out. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. I appreciate all of you for listening. And next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. 
Thanks for listening to The Sum of All Fears. <laughs>